In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Welcome to Bonkers Romance, the podcast that celebrates authors who show us our hard limits might just be guidelines. I'm Melody Carlisle. And I'm Jenny Nordback. And if you are part of our Temple of Defiant Joy, we've got fun new stuff that has come your way this week. In case you missed it, we are now up to episode four of Naked and Afraid of Love. So... (laughs) You know, you can catch up with that Bananas show with us if you have not caught those episodes yet. And if you're in the book club, you have already received Duke Actually by Jenny Holiday and King of Battle and Blood by Scarlett St. Clair. And if you join now, you will also get both of those books and all of our previous bonus content. And like, there's a lot. We pre-recorded stuff. There is already a backlog. Yeah. But today is a big day, Jenny and listener. Yeah. yeah. Because we've got our first time travel romance. And who better to shepherd us into that experience than the incomparable Karen Marie Moaning? Adriana Herrera is here to recap Beyond the Highland Mist, and it's too good not to just jump right in. We are here, and we have Adriana Herrera, and we are super excited. Super. She has brought us gifts of joy on this fine day. (laughs) How many kilts? Oh, so many kilts. So many kilts. So many many hung like a horses. We got to talk about that for years. I have highlighted. I have highlighted quotes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we have broken the format a tiny bit here because usually one of the hosts has like straight up not read the book. And I'm just going to admit up front that I have read this book, but like a bajillion years ago. Okay. So it's fine. Yeah. 
Like with me and Coyote Ugly, we're not really yeah. breaking it too, too much. Yeah. So I will, I will maybe be able to ask better questions because yeah. it'll, it's vaguely in there. <laughs> but first, Adriana, we need to pick your brain. The listener needs to know, what do you consider bonkers? So I come from the school of the telenovela. I'm Latin. Oh. I'm Dominican. I grew up watching telenovelas. And actually my dad' business was like, he bought broadcasting rights for telenovelas and he broadcasted them in the DR. So like telenovelas were literally the family business in my homes. And my mom was his sales manager. So she sold the advertising for the telenovela. So we would watch every single telenovela my dad aired. So that was, I grew up- I literally grew up with like watching at like eight years old, you know, evil twin, good twin, face reconstruction surgery, you're having legs, you're married to like this one guy, but you're like actually trying to seduce his son so that you can like have your face reconstructed again. So like then that's like the the mother's teat for me. So nothing is crazy. No wonder like, you're so well nourished, crazy. Adriana. <laughs> Nothing's too crazy. Delight. Yes. Oh, so good. That makes me so happy. Okay. And so when I asked you, like, what book do you want to cover? And you jumped straight to a particular series from many years ago. Tell us how we got here. Old school, old school. Caramel Moanings. I actually suggest it was it's her Highlander series, but I actually suggested I think book three, which is Kiss of the Highlander. But that one, because I, by that time I was already like seasoned in the paranormal, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. urban fantasy, and I knew not to start with the first one because the first one's always like a little bit like a little bumpy, but. <laughs> I started that series with the third and then went back and read the first two. Oh. But to do it, to, th- to do things properly, <laughs> truly, it is the craziest one of the series. We went with Beyond the Highland Mist, which is book one of Carrie Marie Moaning's Highlander series. And if you have not read a Carrie Marie Moaning, I was yes to start with oh another series of her, but she really <laughs> is truly like at, at this point, like a classic canon urban fantasy paranormal romance author like you must oh yeah oh yeah yeah I feel the need to stay up front that I am like an unashamed super fan of hers I once flew to New Orleans for one of her book releases and there was like a weekend long party with like a themed night in the club where we all dressed in costumes I won the costume contest as one of her characters I am batshit for this author so as much as we are probably about to laugh at some of the shenanigans that happen in this first book I love her to the ends of the fucking earth and it's coming from a place of joy. No, you, you know, I mean, you know, we, we know me. I, I laugh heartily, but it is always from a place of absolute gleeful delight. Like this. Oh, oh, I was going to say, I have to also imagine there is some problematic shit in this. I don't remember specifically, but it's from Mm -hmm. what? 2008. Like (laughs) problematic. (laughs) problematic but we will, yeah. uh, we will we should cover that but it was another time and we will acknowledge it <laughs> and we will just we're gonna <laughs> do the thing so we're all right a year, we were a year into a 
Obama and like the possibilities were endless. You know? Oh, what a beautiful <laughs> you know, time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, so we did, oh. I did one of the Highland books for Heaving Bosoms because it was what our guest chose. Lauren Haney, our guest who won the, the democracy, the, the romance for democracy mm. auction, she auction, chose yeah. Karen Marie Moaning. And so I am meeting Adam in his youth when in that book, he was like the father of the hero. And like, he was all squirrely then too. So like, this was, this was a treat and a gift for me because I haven't had time to go back and like reacquaint myself with the rest of the world. So I'm particularly thankful. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's truly, I, I, I do have to say, like, regardless how bonkers it is, and, and, it, and it is bonkers, I think yeah. it's a great example of the vibe of that time in romance. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm talking Gina Showalter, Larissa Ione, yeah, yeah. Cressley Cole had, was like, I think maybe two books into the Immortals After Dark. The Black Dagger Brotherhood series oh, yeah. had just gotten going. <laughs> Yes, Patricia Briggs, like Janine Frost with Bones. I mean, it was it was a moment. It yes. was a moment in romance. It was a good moment. Okay. Yes. So we should just dive right in, don't you think, Adriana? Let's just go. Give it to me. Give it to me. Oh hey, it's temple update time. This month, we're back on our bullshit with Katie regaling us with more fertile in my ex-boyfriend's dungeon. And I can neither confirm nor deny that we discover an actual hard limit for Katie. Hannah Witten is also going to stop by to give us all of her best spooky season wrecks. In book club news, everyone in the Joybringer tier and Celebrant tier can download their ebook copies of My Wicked Prince by Molly O'Keefe and the entire audiobook collection of Court of the Vampire Queen by the one and only Katie Robert. Finally, Joybringers and Celebrants can check out all the digital art we've created for the temple. It's all on one convenient page waiting for you. If you want to get in on any of this goodness, head to bonkersromance.com slash temple and sign up. All right, back to the show. We opened in fairy town, okay? We open with the queen of the fae being like, oh, I knew this man once. And when he was at half mast, he made horses jealous. And when he was a full mast, he like stole the breath of the ladies. And I'm like, no, he did not. He terrified every woman in the vicinity <laughs> and they went running for their fucking lives. What are you talking about? Can I, can I quote, can I quote the fairy queen? Please. <laughs> they, they say his manhood at half mast would make a stallion envious. They say at full mast, he steals a woman's mind from her body. And claims her soul. Claims her fucking soul. This is the intro we get to this man. (laughs) And he's like apparently so beautiful. And so the fairy queen is like being a big old bitch right now. Because she's just like, I think she's just heard of this dude. And she heard the king and her court jester, Adam. Like her two main boomtown friends. 
talking about like other women the other night and being like, oh, I think that she's maybe a little bit better in the sack than the queen. And so the queen right now is exacting some revenge on them by being like, you could interrupt this mortal man. Um, but the king and Adam, the court jester get super mad and they're like, our only option is to ruin him. Like we yeah. have to do everything in our power to destroy his whole world. It's all we can do. And I want to give a shout out to like how casual the poly situation that they oh, have I love in Fairyland it. was. Like it, it was just like the the king's there and like the court jester who is like the third in their little situation. Oh, there. Yeah. And like it's all very much except like she's trying to like throw shade at them because she had like a moral that was better than them in bed. And then like right. all bets are off. He must be destroyed. That's right. That's right. I can be bested by a fellow Fae, but you're not going to talk to me about a mortal. I will own him. So now we shift over and we meet the hero Hawk and he's in Scotland. He's an Earl or some shit. He's the Laird of the Schmanor and he's with his beam and they're like, he Grim is like, man, you know, you're so annoying. All the ladies love you. You just like, you blow their minds and they think you're gorgeous. And he's like, yeah, I know I'm a stud. I get it. It's hard <laughs> to be in my presence, you know? And then, so then the shooting stars happen and the guy is like, I wish that there is, you meet the perfect woman with like the perfect beauty and the perfect personality and the perfect no on her lips for you. And he's oh. like, wow, it's hilarious. Such a woman cannot exist. And he like <laughs> just goes on his Mary Hawk way. But also, I think they also talk about his marriage, right, Adriana? Yes. He, he, his dad like was like, had a little like situation with King James because his mom, King James was in love with his mom, but she found and just like married like a lowly Earl. So like, the Kings had an in for that family for a minute. And so mm-hmm. what he does is like make him like there's this deal. He basically has to make in order for like the King to destroy his town, the King like is going to pick his wife. And so he, he has to marry where the King picks. And so the King picks like the worst possible prospect <laughs> in all of Scotland for him, who he's never met. He has to like marry on the spot. Yeah, her nickname is Mad Janet. Mad and everybody Janet. says that she's just got many bees in her bonnet and that she's not the prettiest lady they've ever seen in their lives. And she might be 83. Like he really has no idea what this bitch's deal is. So he's like, I'm living it up as much as I can because, you know, the king, the king sort of dashed. uh, He spent 15 years in service to the king and the king did a bunch of abuse on him and to like going back to, um, going back to his clan and choosing his own wife and like having the fruit to do that and have a bunch of babies. And like, we find out later he's built this like ornate nursery and shit. And he's just like, he wants to be Mr. Homebody dad. And then now he's like, I can't, he's taken away that dream too. I don't know what her deal is. And I can't, I can't have kids with a lady who like might pass down mental illness essentially. So he's a big sad town because he wants legitimate children at some point, And it's just not going to like until then, you know, 
I'm, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to sew. I'm going to let the ladies sample this deliciously talented dick that I have. At no point in this book does this man ever downplay the fact that he's like Mr. Lover Lover. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. So he's so good mm-hmm. in bed that both the mortal king and the fairy king are trying to ruin him. Yeah, because he's Basically. that good. Okay. And, and he's known as the whore of the king, by the way. Like that's yeah. his nickname. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was what his they nickname. call him in Edinburgh. Then we take a hard left. Yeah, we do. And ninety seven. Yeah. In oh. Hi, present times. Yes. We made her hair and it's unclear to me how the court, because the court jester, so the king has to, and by the way, if you are able to do the audio for this book, it's you so really good. should, because it is, it ratches up the, the crazy to like another level. Jenny, there's <laughs> actual voices. Like when he's, there's the, a voice when of he's God. the queen, he's like, I wish I was there we could do this. <laughs> There's voice of God. There's voice like of God. it's a lot of that nonsense. It's so good. Like when the when the fae talk through the fucking mist, there are sound effects. <laughs> it's so good. It's like a different time of audiobook narration, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And the accents are all terrible. And he oh, leans no. into them. Like mm-hmm. the southern accent's bad. The the brogue oh, is bad. No. They're all you're gonna bad. do it, just go hard. Like they just, just so good. So the, the, so Adam, the, so Adam's been tasked with like destroying. Adam is the court jester. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the king and Adam's like, we must destroy Hog because he's like been, you know, putting the moves on our queen fairy. So Adam's out there trying to find who will destroy Hawk's life. Who will never, ever love Hawk. Like he's literally sifting through time, being like, who hates men the most? And, and me, then she it's answers. Me. Yeah. <laughs> she, at one point, I will put what was it that he says? Like, remember when we got a tax accountant? What was it that at one point he, like Adam's like, don't get a tax accountant because yeah. that's just like too boring. Like it's someone that's better than a tax accountant. Oh yeah, so, no, they she said he brought a tax account back and she actually lost her mind because like she she didn't understand, like she had no frame yes. of reference for magic. So he was yes. like, so the king was hilarious because he's like, go to New Orleans, go to a place that like, you know, magic lives. And so he actually ends up in Seattle because our heroine has fled New Orleans because she has done a murder. And I did not see that coming. (laughs) She has murdered a man. She's done a murder and I love her for it. (laughs) She is a trip. Mm -hmm. Are we still like chapter one here? Chapter two? Roughly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she picks up a chess piece from the man she murdered, her old flame, and all of a sudden she goes, and like she, her, all of her molecules come apart, and then she falls into the lap of this really stinky Scottish man who's like, no, oh, it's an angel from God. Oh, thank goodness. Because he is the wife of the lady that Hawk is supposed to marry, but he has done killed that daughter that Hawk is supposed to marry. And if he doesn't give somebody for Hawk to marry, the king will murder him instead. So he's like, whoa, just bonus, bitch. 
I get <laughs> all my problems are solved. <laughs> she lands on the lap of Mad Janet's dad, who has done away with Janet. So he's Perfect. looking for a girl. So Janet's dead, and he needs to provide a Mad Janet. Yes, he needs to and find a bitch a from the sky. He needs to Janet Wait. with the quickness. Both yes. on his lap. Yes. Yeah. So happy day for him. Happy day. And so he does a big, he does a big threaten and like a big coerce. And he's like, you're going to tell everybody you're Janet. You're my daughter. Here's our whole family history. Everybody thinks your baddie is a loon anyway. So like, it really doesn't matter what you, like, if you fuck up our family history, everybody's going to be like, <laughs> Janet problems. Oh, that's all that. Yeah. And so, um, so she's like, sort of going with it she's very alarmed don't get me wrong but she's sort of like "Eh, I guess this is my life now (laughs) because he threatens her too like there's like a maid and he like hits the maid and like it's like if you don't do this like I'm gonna hurt her so she's just like okay okay like I'll do whatever you say hurting the women in this like you know compound yeah yeah, so and so she goes with it but tries to speak like in a, a Scottish accent. Yeah, she keeps on being like, oh, thank goodness. I'm so good at languages and accents. And like, and and the great thing is, is that the bad Scottish accent is actually written into the book because oh. toward the end, everybody's like, yeah, everything seemed really weird with her when her brogue kept on going in and out. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then like her brogue gone. Um so it's, it's kind of amazing. Okay. So the next morning she's supposed to marry this stranger and this big giant early Highlander arrives and she's like, Oh my God, is that my husband? Don't know. And he says, Nope. Name's Grim. I'm marrying oh. you by proxy. By proxy. Cause he's busy. Cause your husband's busy. He's got another thing can't show up for the wedding he tries to sell him on the story that he's like dealing with an uprising but then later on grim is like yeah and up of his stomach because he's super fucking hung over um because he just he was just like i want i this sucks i'm gonna get hammered to cope and so he couldn't show up to the wedding so they get married her back to his um, his castle it's like a two or three day trip he's not even there when she arrives and everyone cold shoulders her nobody will greet her nobody will wait on her like they're doing the minimum they're showing her like where the privy is and like throwing food at her but that's about it so she's like walking around being like I don't know what's happening and then she walks through a meadow, Jenny, and there is a clang and a clang, and there is a big fiery forge. And then boy, is there a ripply shirtless man and his sweat rivulets are going down all of his muscles. And she's like, just leaning against a tree being like hunk of man flesh. Oh my. And so this is it's like the so, 1500s are not so bad yeah absolutely she's suddenly feeling better about time travel mm-hmm. she's fine with it now yeah so then this guy his name is adam black jenny <sighs> and he's the new smithy in town he's blacksmithing up in there now and 
he's like, oh, hello, lass. Looks like you could use a really good dicking down. And she's like, oh my God, there's so many muscles. And and he he's very like, come into my blacksmithery and I will get you hotter than this forge. And she's kind of like, ah, I don't really know. And then from behind her, somebody's like, that's my wife. <laughs> Mind you, this man's been out of the sister, out of the picture. Uh, yeah, he uh, he has not shown his fucking face, and now he's like all possessive in it parts because um because they've everybody's told her like how beautiful he is and like you know how legendary he is in so many ways, and she's like, there's no way that he could be more beautiful than the man standing in front of me because like this is some nonsense. And she hasn't turned around and looked at him yet. Mm-mm. So it says, so this man at the forge was not her husband. Dear God in heaven. What was she going to find when she turned around? Dare she? She turned slightly as if a small sideways peak might be safer, might minimize the impact. Adrienne soon discovered how wrong she was. Nothing could minimize that man's impact. Valhalla on the right, paradise regained on the left, stuck between a Godiva truffle and a chocolate eclair, between a rock and a very (laughs) hard place. Two very hard places from the looks of it. I hate beautiful men, she mourned soulfully. Hate them, hate them, hate them yet to resist <laughs> because that's how she ended up there was that with her little nonsense about hating beautiful men that's how adam her because adam was looking for a woman who specifically couldn't could resist an irresistible man yes and slumbering her ex who she did murder had to murder that's the one <laughs> by the way is her- Everhard Darrow Garrett is her ex. Whoa. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with all of this. Next time I think a name is ridiculous for a side <laughs> character, I'm just going to remember Everhard and I'm going to keep my name in there. Everhard is the best. So he was also beautiful, but also not great. So she has like sworn off beautiful men. So this is how she ended up in the problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to her being confronted with the beauty that was. Yeah. So now her, oh. her like sort of husband has found her basically doing the awuga eyes at Adam <laughs> and he kind of doesn't know what to do with himself. And so he's very like, stay away from my fucking wife. And then she turns around and she's like, how dare you? How dare you not even show up to our wedding, not show up three days later. And then you want to come in here and tell me not to talk to somebody. Don't even try to fucking start it. You haven't been a husband to me since forever. And she's like, and also where's my wedding present and shit. She's like going off on him. (laughs) And he's like, wife, you're going to obey me. And we're going to like get along and stuff. And she's like, go fuck yourself. And so he does tackle her. Oh, <laughs> he does. He does neutralize her because the, so because the other piece is he's like, and I'm going to show you my manly ways. And I'm right. gonna like, Ooh, humana, and, you know, and I will and I will have to dominate you with my delicious penis. And yeah. she's like, fuck this. Yeah, fuck this and no. fuck you. <laughs> it's so good. And, and so what, the so vernacular, fun. I need to say also like, I just Please. need to say also like the historical accuracy. If you are looking for historical accuracy, because this is essentially takes place mostly in the 1500s. The yeah, setting yeah. is 
the 1500. And of course she speaks like a modern person, but so does right. he. Like he, like, like historical accuracy, just know that they will be saying things like, oh no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's fucking time travel and fairies. Let's just suspend yeah, our disbelief. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Okay. So to be fair, Jenny, all right. First of all, there are two things that I need you to know about this tackle. One is that they do end up rolling around on the ground together. And that's very important for me, Melody. And I think other readers out there, you know, (laughs) like he rolls her on top of him and then he rolls on top of her again. It's good shit. But then secondly, you think it comes out of nowhere and it certainly does for her. But then she looks over and up and stuff. And there is an arrow lodged in the tree she was standing in front of. Oh, so he really just saved her life, you know? Oh, he was not just tackling her for shits well, and giggles. Somebody's trying to kill her. Yeah. Oh. Turns out somebody wants to murder her to death, which she they, doesn't believe. They, they almost do twice. Mm-hmm. First time they poison her. She doesn't know anybody. Well, well. But, he, but he has known many women and some of those women are upset that he's interested oh, in her. Oh, do we That's have right. an angry ex on our hands? You know what? I, I did forget a scene at first. I'm very sorry. There's a scene which he's like just out of bed with um, a lady called Esmeralda. She mm-hmm. is a woman whose whole family is um, like encamped on the Laird's property and has been for like 20 years. They'll, they come like in the warmer seasons. And so he's known her for a really long time and she's just realizing that like he's done with her now. And so she does try to stab him then and there and That's he right. stops oh. her. And so like things are tense, you know, tiny bit between them. What with oh, the attempted mild murder. Stabbing. And this Maybe is actually him. We mean him when he's yes. just like, you know, made sweet love to her. He's and finally she's... flaccid again. Yes. Yes, clear totally. headed. Oh, we we cannot forget to talk about medieval Viagra. <laughs> she, that's an important part. <laughs> medieval Viagra is gonna be important. Later. It is. What does this book not have? Nothing. Nothing. Well, literally, like, nothing. Just literally nothing. Backing up, we've met our two main characters. One of them yeah. has just done murder, and the other one, someone has attempted to murder them. Yeah. Like we mm-hmm. talk about dialing mm-hmm. it to an eleven. She just goes for it and she's just in a witness she's also in the witness protection program because she's like 21 and she lives like in a mansion in seattle and i'm like how yeah turns out she was in the witness protection program but okay where were we we were in the first attempt the first murder attempt yeah he has tackled her now she's like there's no way they were probably shooting at you because nobody knows me and he's like janet hush yourself um, and so now we've got, we got to get to the character's thoughts really quick. I just want to give you a download on like their overall perspective. So he's saying to himself, like, I was told she was mad Janet and super ugly and like bats in the belfry and like probably also stinky and stuff. And this lady on the other hand is like super beautiful, never seen anybody as beautiful as her. And she's like fiery and she's verbally taking him down in a way that makes him slightly hard and (laughs) he just like what he wants to bed her immediately and he's like what the fuck is wrong with me I've never had this reaction to a woman before of course and then she on the other hand 
is thinking like he's the rudest and he's the most horrible and he has been so mean <laughs> like just by <laughs> ignoring me he hasn't even been here and he's been incredibly mean to me and so she's like I have to resist how hot he is because the last super hot dude I was with was really abusive and used me a ton and was awful and gaslit me constantly Use her as a mule, by the way. Like he used her as a mule to carry oh. contraband across like many countries. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like, I don't want to get in a situation where I'm like forced to murder another person because like that was mildly traumatizing. So I need to re- resist this one. Like no more beautiful men, ugly ones only from now on. So yes. now she tells him to call her Adrienne and he's like, Janet the fuck she's like his middle name question mark like just go with it please and he's like sure man you're adrian cool i'll definitely call you that and then um he tells her that the only other rule for him is that he she has to stay away from adam no adam yeah immediately oh yeah immediately jealous does he Um, not wonder where this random hot blacksmith has come from not for a long time. <laughs> he, he's like, this man is not normal. Like multiple people are like, there's something up with Adam. Like he's like, he's yeah. hot. He's too hot. He shows up like conveniently at like the right, the wrong time, but at the right place. Yeah. Type of situation. So people are like suspicious. Oh, and the Romani, cause there's like a Romani, like patriarch. That's like yes. really good friend. And he's like, yeah, that dude's bad a bad business type of situation. Bad news, stay away. I cannot tell you why. Right. Hmm. Right. It would be like breaking some sort of pact. Oh, so he knows he's just like, I can't tell you. Yeah. Yeah, Like he's bad news, but like, we're not gonna. Okay. So, all right. So now the most amazing thing happens. I did not know I needed this in a book until Karen Marie Moaning gave it to me. And that is that her chief way that she resists him, because remember the wish was she would have the perfect no on her lips. And so like, you know, plebeian that I am, I'm like, oh, it's just no, like no is no, cool. No, Karen Marie Moaning ratchets it up a notch because every single time he like goes in to kiss her or whatever, she'll be like, she'll be like, um, she'll like pretend, well, she won't pretend to be in it, into it. She'll like get into it real quick. And then he'll be like, lass, are you, do you want me? And she'll be like, oh, Adam, stop talking and just kiss me. <laughs> say, say my name. Adam. Oh shit. Every time say my name. Adam. Oh, and she's committed. Savage. She is committed. Oh yeah. To that burn throughout. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like when I was like, Adrian, just fucking say Hawk. All right. She can't. <laughs> she double down. She's, she's double either down. silent or she says Adam. And that's, that's the only way like he immediately gets like rage flaccid and he has to like leave the room and he can't <laughs> handle her shit anymore. And, like, <laughs> and this is where the medieval Vi- Viagra comes in, but but we pre- probably have to mention the first murder attempt where she gets poisoned with a dart. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's bonding with his mom now and they're like in the kitchen and she's like, oh, medieval coffee, question mark. And then she does get blow darted from a pantry or something. <laughs> she gets blow darted. <laughs> and on we, the see, neck. On we the neck. see Hesla being like, oh, it's it's com- concubine powder and there's no, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> She wants coffee bad. She wants coffee so much. She's me. And she is like trying to convince his mom, Lydia, who is delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get her some coffee. (laughs) And as she she gets blow darted with like poison that is magical, like some bad shit that nobody knows how to like. Nobody has. No one has the antidote. An antidote. None. And she's still trying to stay yeah. like conscious like, long enough to get the coffee. Must she's like, find <laughs> coffee. The vision is blurry. She's like slurring her words and she's still like, she's going down and she's still about the coffee. Like oh you said God. you had some and eventually so she laps and then, then then things get rolling yeah Yeah. so she gets put up in a room and the scottish healer is like there's nothing i can do for her because it is concubine powder and everybody's like oh no what are we gonna do it let's starts with a c let's go i think it's like a weird name okay it's the only thing that sticks in my brain so he's like okay call um call the romani patriarch he might have an antidote, but then they don't show up. And he's like, oh, fuck stick. What are we going to do? And then Adam comes knocking and Adam's like, I can do it. I've got the dick that will do it. And he's like, no, man, I need you to stay away from my wife. And he's like, I can either cure your wife and like, you can give me a little quid pro quo, or I'll just let your wife die. And neither of us get her. And he's like, no, I would like a chance to dick this woman down. And so he agrees that Adam can save her. And at first Adam is like, I save her and you like give her to me. And he very medieval feminist is like only if she chooses. Yeah, <laughs> but he but Adam can court her like Adam can flirt yeah. with her yeah Adam's like you need to lift the ban on like being around Adam and he's like no fine and then Adam's like leave the room and he's like you're gonna tweak her nipples while I'm gone don't <laughs> do that and he's like I probably will leave the room or she dies <laughs> she needs her antibodies Melody she needs them she needs them oh my god so P.S. He does tweak her nipples while he's in there. He definitely fondles her. He definitely yeah. fondles her. I do have to say, while also, she's unconscious. Like, at this point, they've been together for like maybe a few hours, and mm. he is this. This man is tearing his hair out. Oh yeah, and like there's gnashing of teeth. Oh there's yeah, tearing of clothes. Like mm-hmm. he is beside himself. And truly, I have to say, like this is. Like, if you've been reading romance long enough, you learn to identify the moments when something happens that becomes like an art. And let me tell you something. That first book is like that guy. It's like that fucking guy that after two hours, it's like my entire life has changed. Yep. You are everything to me. Who Like, I will go and burn down the world now for you forever. Like Mm -hmm. that, like, like we read those books in 2008 and we saw the beginning of like that shit that's still like selling like 
crazy. That's catnip. Yes. So I just wanted to make that like note that because I I was like, yeah, this is when this fucking thing started. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's magic is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) So now she's like, she wakes up and she's like, Blurg, I I was on the brink of death. And he was like, you were, and you scared the shit out of me. And I kind of don't know what to do with myself. And she's like, wow, did I tell you that I'm a time traveler? (laughs) I do. I feel like I left that out. And he's like, oh, Janet, cool, cool, cool. You can believe whatever you want, as long as you know. (laughs) And she's like, um, did you miss the part where I'm a time traveler? And he's like, no, listen, you can still trade kisses for coffee i'll still do that with you and like there's gonna be like a touch and a squish every day and she's like i handle that and um so he's like you know i'm i'm gonna be your husband and that's it but then this was weird for me adriana because he says all of that to her but then like physically and in actuality he totally backs off i was expecting him to like attempt more physical contact with her and he didn't for like a really long time no he didn't but I mean I think part of it too he was like I'll it won't be like I'm gonna like be all on you but like I'm gonna try to like give you like a kiss like 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 you know like coffee or a kiss she's like listen I will fucking like do whatever I need to, to get some coffee. She will. And so <laughs> she's like, I'm open to it. I'm open to it as long mm-hmm. as I get coffee. But then, I mean, the p- part of it is too, like things start getting real crazy, right? Because oh, like now- And she has to recover. He spends like a few weeks in the garden with his mom, like fixing That's right. herself She's convalescent. Up. They're That's like right. carrying her around like in a lounge chair. I like, forgot about a- that. And, and she's like in the garden taking the sun because she's convalescent. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. And that goes on for a while. So he can't really be hassling her that much. You're right. He's like desperately in love with her. And wants right. to be like the mother to his children. But he is doing things like getting on. He's like flipping up his kilt as he gets on a horse in front of her. And, uh, you know, things giving like her, that. Giving, giving her, her a view of the goods. Yeah. Oh, he's a proper Scotsman then. Indeed. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Um, this is also where she finds his nursery and his mom comes in and is like, yeah, no, my son, my son like took away time from his duty to the king. And he built this whole nursery because he super wants to be a dad and a family man and all that kind of thing. And Adrienne, I forgot to tell you, is an orphan. She grew up in an orphanage. And so this like completely melts her soul because she's like, my God, he's a man who wants a family and wants to give like stability and love to children and like co-parent and shit. And she's like very turned on by that. Understandable. He's like built the pieces of the nursery. Yeah. Yes, okay, yes. He put together all the furniture yes. with his manly hands. Yeah. Not just it. with an He's Allen done the wrench. carving. He probably went and cut the trees down. Exactly. He took a year off from the court of King James yep. to go and build this nursery. Oh. Like, he was on sabbatical. Kind of yeah. fucking nursery is it? Yeah. It's, it's and apparently was very elaborate. And it, it comes into play later. Okay. So then meanwhile, he's like, I need to know just how nutty my new wife is. And so he sends Grimm on a recon mission back to the old Lair's house just to see like, is 
she time travel question mark really is i guess the question and he finds out from literally everyone everyone agrees that she just appeared in the laird's lap and like she is not real to them they have no idea where she came from she was just like this boon that the guy was going to use and so he's like he's having a hard time he's like i'm trying to be logical about this but it also seems like everyone agrees and Grim comes back with the chess piece she was clutching. She like fell through time. And somebody's off the dad. The dad's been murdered. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh. Adam. What? Yes. I had no oh. idea. Great job, yeah. Adam. So Adam is not 100% batty? No, he's not 100% batty. He's just very petty. He's like a, he called, <laughs> it's like, he's like a puck type of thing he's yes, like a yes, disruptor yes. Okay. he's like yes. a disruptor like a trickster mm-hmm. and so i think he's just having fun with these humans i mean i don't think she says about these human lives because the queen loves me yeah hearing me talk about how like i fucked up like 20 human lives while i was down there it's the sims yeah. for fairies exactly yes great way yes. to put it great way to put it so now Hawk is thinking to himself, he's got this whole inner monologue going and he's like, sure. My wife has a huge crush on that super banging Smitty and like, sure. She thinks she's from the future and stuff. And like, fine. There are some really crazy mass delusions going on at the other Laird's house and stuff. Pretty is that we need to fuck. Um, literally that's what he thinks to himself. He's like, first things first, she needs to be my wife in every way possible, starting with the bedroom. You gotta feed the monster. I hear Yeah. Right. Mm. It, it requires, it requires nourishment. Wait, the the soul stealing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh fuck. Here we go. This is one of the hottest scenes and one of the hottest through lines that happens in this book. And I really think it's going to speak to you, Jenny, personally. So she's like going around the um, Bailey or whatever. And then she goes into this broch and it's super dark and like a little bit dusty and gloomy and stuff. And then the door closes and she's like... And then this beautiful singing starts happening. It's in this deep male voice. And he's just like filling this entire like circular space because it's a brock with like this beautiful tune. And then he's like, well, wife, I told you earlier that if you weren't going to just be my wife, then I would have to treat you like my falcons because he is elkener. And so she's like, I'm not just like some stupid bird that can be tamed. And he's like, no, no, no. You're one of the smartest birds that have ever happened. And you're not going to be tamed because that is like breaking a horse and like anyone could ride you. No. Hawks get sealed to one master. And so I'm not taming you for the general population. I am sealing you to me. And me alone, your master. And so then he starts talking about like how hawks get trained and how you take away all their senses and they have to wear a hood and then like you leash them and you like slowly give their senses back to them one at a time in little pieces. And so then they start like being reliant upon and craving the attention of the person who gives them those senses back and like trust and 
all of bird of prey dirty bird talk. Of prey fucking dirty talk. Exactly. Like bird. Of- yeah. And so then he says, so he backs her up against a wall after all of this and she's very into it. And he says that he's not going to like take any liberties, but she does need to suffer his touch a tiny bit. And so hutching her all up and, and he, I mean, it's all over, he's like kind of fall. She, she like comes back to herself and she's like, remembers how ever did her and all of that. And so this is one of, this is the, one of the moments where she says, hush, Adam, this is words. No, <laughs> She really ruins. The she vibe. really does. But he kind of ruins the vibe because after this happens literally every time he always does a light rape threat (laughs) he's like see rape threat (laughs) Uh it's like if he it's like it's like she like throws acid on his face every fucking time she says adam okay like there's no other reaction than like okay then um i'm gonna just like make you take what's mine yeah and she's like Chill the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Down. Just, it's ooh. the 1500s. Need consent. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very like, um, so now they're going to dinner and, um, he's like, you're sharing my room tonight. And she pitches in front of his whole family. But then this like French lady comes in and oh God, Olivia. Olivia from the court of Edinburgh or whatever. And she's like, oh, I came because we used to communicate so well wordlessly with our genitals. And I want to do that again <laughs> with you. Um, she literally like, that's one of the things she basically says, except genitals and stuff. That's a Melody fanfic. Um, but it, but it is that. So he smiles because he's thinking to himself, okay, maybe I can hook this lady up with Adam and kill two birds with one stone and like have all my attention for my wife. But the, but then she looks at that smile and she's like, oh, fuck that. And fuck you. You were trying to falcon me earlier all sexily. And now you're smiling at some other lady. How dare you? What kind of falcon owner are you? And so she takes her feathery butt and she leaves. And so then he and Olivia are like walking around because he's trying to figure out what the fuck to do with her. And then she comes a strolling up on Adam's arm and she's like, Oh, oh look at me. She went with Adam <laughs> wearing Adam's cape, wearing Adam's red, red crimson cape. cape. Whoa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It works fast. <laughs> so she does not pull her. Punches. No, she does not. Now he's like, he's like, oh, you know, I could, I could give you to, to that Smithy guy if you want Olivia. And she's like, oh, har har. I mean, I could really be into that. And then Adam, like they go on this walkabout, right. And then think like the rape fool, um, because it's supposed to like show that he's not so bad, our hero, because Adam does take her, like she like crosses the veil into the fairy realm. And he's very like, I'm doing a fairy magic on you. And you're sort of roofied right now because she's dizzy and she's been fairy roofied. She doesn't know what's going on, Yeah, but she does know that like when he lays his body atop her trigger warning, she's like, get off of me. And he's like, probs not because I do want to win this bet thing that I have going on but then the king comes out of the mist and the narrator says it was supposed to be consensual and (laughs) he's like what you this is very letter of the law fine and so he takes her back realm and so now the the hawk is like 
where the, f-? and she's like on a walk with Adam. I don't know what you want or yeah, I don't know what you want from me. And he's like, I told you the one rule was like, don't say Adam's name to me and don't be around him and stuff. Okay. So now what happens? Well, they send Olivia packing. Yeah, they do. He sends Olivia packing. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the Viagra. Oh, it's, wait, it's, so coming. It's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's very, it's very close. Cause then that's when he kidnaps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. There is a kidnap. There's, there's light, light kidnapping with, with a sack on her head. Exactly. Very yeah. Light. He felt oh. He literally, and it is the fucking licious. I put the hood on. Uh-huh. So right now he's like, he sees the cape and he's like, where'd you get that fancy cape? And she's like, Adam gave it to me. And so he takes it off of her and he does shred it. He does <laughs> because shred the, yes. the destruction of property. With his bare with fucking his bare hands. hands. Yeah. And then he's like, tell me that you don't for him. And she's like, I do. And then um, she finds out that he sent Olivia away. And so she's like, okay. And then he's like, let's spend the evening together. And so they actually bond for a little while. And it's very cute. He tells her all yeah. about his childhood and they like, you know, do the thing. And then she does see a star, a falling star. And he's like, don't wish on it. Cause like the wishes come <laughs> true. And she does wish, she says, please, please let something good happen to me. But she does it in her head. So he can't hear. And then she's like, tell me about this wish that like came true. What's that about? He barters, he barters um, an air and coffee every morning for like a makeout right now. And she's like, yeah, I can totally do that and not feel like I don't care about you at all. And so he tells her that the wish was her, basically a lady who is perfect for him, but doesn't like him. And then they do this makeout that is hot. And the only reason that it stopped her and he's got this like, he's like got this burr in his brain and he's like, she's got her eyes closed. I don't know if she actually wants to be making out with me. She's moaning. She's doing all the right things, but like, say my name, like who's on top of you? Who do you want inside you? It's hot. Hawk, you big dummy. He literally says like, you can say my last name. You can call me Laird. You can call me my middle <laughs> name. I don't care. You just have to say one of those and she won't. And then Olivia comes out of the fucking bushes and she goes, I'll make it easy for you. Why don't you call him what we all did? The king's whore. And then, boy. Wait, this is Olivia? Olivia's still there. That's that's right before she she needs to go. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now she's like, the king's whore. Like you had every lady in the planet now. Shame on him that I was not okay with. Yeah. Um, And he doesn't really want to talk for him and he's not into it. Um. But she's got this idea that like, you know, men are men. And so any action is good action now. So then, so the funny thing is, is that she defends him to Olivia. She's like, you can't talk about him like that. It doesn't matter to me, whatever his past is, blah, 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 blah. Of course he doesn't hear that of him. She's like, so the King's whore, huh? Like, I thought you said it was only me. I thought that you said blah, blah, blah was different. And like all this stuff. Because he was like actually about to, and then she did say Adam. So, but it was like she was like, oh, Adam, Adam, (laughs) is what she ends up saying. Yeah. So then she goes to run away because she's like, I don't think I can be married to the king's. Okay. Right now, the only thing that's important is that she goes to run away. When she goes to find her shoes, she sees huddling with her gown, which was something I really get my whole heart around. Um, 
And so when she goes to run away, <laughs> he's like, are you looking for the chess piece? And if you are, I'm going to go burn it in Adam's forge. So she's real pissed at him for a very long. And then um, Esmeralda tries shooting her with another arrow. This is, this is life attempt number three, but he jumps in front of that arrow and gets shot and like he's doing with himself. And, um, and so she's trying to go in there and check on him. And Grim is like, no, he said that you can't come in. And then when he goes back into his room, he's like, she didn't even check on you. She's just like flicking her beans somewhere oh. else. Like she does not even care about you. So then he's like, well, this blows. This is the third time that I've like risked my life to try to save this woman. So he decides to fuck off and like go take care of Laird things for like a little while. And that is when she's in the backyard at one point. And it's this absolutely masterful scene in which we watch the King and Adam fighting over whether or not they need to send her back to 1997. And so the King will be like, no, I want her out of here and snap his fingers. And then she's like, oh, my cat, my, my library, what's happening? And then Adam will be like, no, she absolutely has to stay here. And he'll slap his fingers. And then she's back in the garden. <laughs> like it keeps going back over and over and over again. And it's incredible. That's a good scene. I do have to point out that he burns her, the queen, the, the, yeah, chess, yeah, the chess piece. piece. And it is kind of a little bit like entrapment because it is how she goes back home. She thinks. And he's like, mm. I don't like, I'm like, oh, this is how you go back home. Let me burn this down so you can never leave me, which I don't love. Oh. Yeah. She's really mad at him about that. And I get it. Like, that's why yeah. she doesn't speak yeah. to him for weeks. Yes, she's really pissed at him. And then and then she really wants her cat. That's the other piece that it isn't. Yeah, that. while she's going back and forth, every time she shows back up in her house, she's chasing her cat down to try to grab it so that she's holding it. Oh, the next no. time she <laughs> it's great. Um, okay, so he visits um the Romani patriarch and finds out that Adam did coerce them into killing Esmer because he tried to kill. Adrian. And mm -hmm. what is his name? I can't remember. I anything. can't remember, but, but also Adam did sleep with Esmeralda before he had her. Oh killed. yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. They had been boning for a while. Classy. Yeah. Yes. Very classy. So of, you need to be careful of all the things and um, don't leave your loved ones like alone at all around this time, because it's right around Samhain and the veil is very thin and like shit's happening. So he's like, oh my God, I have to get my wife. And Adam sees all of this. And so he's like, it's time to like really turn the seduction to as far as I can. So he does <laughs> an assault on her in the fountain. He's like kissing up on her and she's like, no, I'm not into it. And so he, then he changes his face into Hawk's face and like his voice into Hawk's oh. voice. And he's like, are you into it now? And she gets all muddled. She gets very roofied a tiny bit again. And so Hawk sees them and he thinks that she's making out with him when really she's just like befuddled and doesn't know what to do and like trying to get off. Like she ends up pushing him so hard that she falls into the fountain and that's how his assault ends. So then she's in her room later and he's like, 
Falcon time. <laughs> He's like, you want to play these games? You want to, you want to choose another man? I'm going to condition you to choose only me. <laughs> so he, he does hood her right up. And then he was not where I expected this to he go. He does hood her and trust her up. He and ties her up. Hot. Takes her with him to his trip that he's going to to do some business. Yeah. And so on the trip, on his business, I know, isn't it nice? He's really a multitasker, this hawk. So, um, her hood off a little bit to be like, um, like she learns a little bit more about what his time at court was like and how like the the king was using it as a way like his his nickname the hawk is because the king was using that in a pejorative way and he was like no hmm. you're you're my hawk and I can tell you to do whatever I want you to do including but not limited to so like other men were sent off to like, you know, war and, and win a bunch of stuff. Like, and he was sent for ladies that he wasn't into. Um, and then like, he oh. was sent to like, steal. anyway. And so then, so, oh, but before I'm so sorry, before she gets falconed, she is in her room and she, I think I'm into it. Like she has this, there's this whole metaphor that's happening where she's like, there are two armies in my brain. And the more she thinks about Hawk, the more her soldiers keep defecting to Hawk's side. And then finally there's one last soldier left and she like walks that soldier and falcons her. And so- It was like the one that remembered Adam's name. That was so good. So um, she's trying to keep up this ruse that she doesn't want him so that he can like live his falconer dreams on her. And I I have to read- to you because he's she's hooded and um sensory deprivation sensually oh yeah yeah yeah. hell yeah and he's walking around and he says um he's walking around her and like touching her every once in a while like brushing touches over her so she has no idea where he is or where he's gonna touch her next and it's pretty hot it's pretty hot it's pretty hot and he says it's funny to think that i've read this I mean, I guess it was a couple of years before starting any kind of like formal BDSM training, but this had to have been programmed in the back of my mind. Like the way, I mean, Falcon is not like he doesn't embody the really think about it, but he, she, like Cameron Moni really delivers on that scene because it is the vibe is very, very like it's very good. Yes, it's very good. And I mean, there's some hopping here too. So you, you go between the two of them as it's happening. Cause that's it's like really- paragraph by paragraph. It's hot. Yes. It's old school, historical, like head hopping. Mm, yeah. It's really neat. So he says the first time is for erasing all thoughts of another man. The second time is for teaching, teaching how it feels to be loved by a man such as me. Tis a thing you'll never forget. The third time will be for Jesse Shing. I promise you that time will be the end of your resistance. But the fourth time, ah, the fourth time when I hear your sweet cries, that one's for me, lass. For the waiting and the hunger and the agony of wanting you just for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he he really like turns it up there in that scene. He's just so insecure. He's a real mess, you know. He really is. He's a real mess. But but he does keep it together on that scene. Yeah. 
And so he goes down and brings her to her first climax. Um, oh, because we found out a little, did not know this. It's fine. Um, so she, oh, I did not see that coming. I know she comes oh. for the first time. See stars does the whole thing. And then he's like, ah, I have to extricate myself from this situation. Runs away. It's too hot. Yeah. It's too hot. What? It's too much. I can't, I'm, I'm about to like, just like pour my whole heart out on her. Fucks no, and his, his seed, he pulls like a, like a Hastings, like a Duke, like assignment and legit went away for spilling his seed in a woman yeah and she's like hooded and she's like where did he go <laughs> is this part of the sensory depth is, like, he is he coming back you're still like what's <laughs> happening and he's like in another room oh good it's so all we get the highland times viagra now we go into the medieval viagra uh, yeah plus because that's a, by the way a medicinal thing that the Romani friend that he has has given it and it's like gives you like the sex powers but like makes you detached you can be emotionally unavailable medieval ecstasy agra yes it's it's like where like you are like not present mentally but you're like a fucking machine yeah so he takes that and then he goes into her room and he goes down on her eight times Mm -hmm. and so but then he leaves and he's like i hated that and she's like i may have come a bunch but i hated that i I wanted like him the way he i wanted the passion that he looked me with before and like you know it it just it didn't it seemed like a stranger in the room not sex toy hawk yeah exactly yeah and and she sees like the vials of medicine. He's like, is this fucker taking some drugs? Yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, I'm going to do the same thing. Not knowing <laughs> that the other one, one was a, one was a detached emotionally. The other one was just a straight up love potion aphrodisiac. So she takes what? that and he comes back in and she's like a cat in a hot tin roof. And she's like climbing him all over the place. And she's like, here's my nipple. Suck on it a little, please. And, and he's like, oh my God, did you take that bullshit? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Just fuck me. And he's like, no. So no, gotta go down, locks her in there and sits on the stairs outside for 12 hours after telling his guards that he will murder them to death if anybody goes in there <laughs> and she's literally like in the needing so she's just like furiously like masturbating dagger brotherhood she's style. literally in the needing like sending oh, out pheromones and like doing the whole fucking thing and so much from this era that was oh just my like God. a thing and we didn't know that it was a thing when we were reading it every beat every beat and i i do have to say something like the book is really chaotic yeah and 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 it's very much like that historical piece where like this is just like me having to put in a little bit of craft moment because the scenes that they do have together do so much fucking work Mm -hmm. she just puts those characters to work because those sections like they have comedy but they Mm. really do like they are like very attuned with each other and in a real like they are both hot messes like mm-hmm. he is a hot mess she's a hot mess and it just really really works i mean those books are like the humor in them is really great like all of them are kind of like that but i just wanted to say that like it sounds crazy as fuck and it is <laughs> but she's doing a lot of character work in those scenes 
I mean, it really is so good. And you, you, I loved both of them so much and I could empathize with both of their positions so much. And like all of like the bananas elements, like only elevated experience for me, you know, it was, I mean, it's, it's really, really good. Okay. So, so now she's like strung out. He has yes. sat on the stairs for 12 she's hours. She's pissed too. She's horny she's and like, fuck this. So the next morning he goes in and she dresses him down again. And she's like, Hey, why did you leave me in here all by myself? And he's like, well, I didn't want to, I, I want to be with you as you, I don't want like hopped up on love potion. You, I want to know you're choosing me. And so she's like something, I forget, I forget what he says, but she's like, I, well, I didn't like it the way that it happened the second time. And he's like, what is, what does that mean? Oh no. She says, you hurt me. I did it because you hurt me. And he says, I would never hurt you. How did I hurt you? I didn't see you in pain at all. And she says, you were so detached and you weren't there and it hurt me. And I didn't understand. And I was confused. And then he's like, wait, but you enjoyed my touches. And she's like, fine. Yes. Okay. Like I like it when it's you, but I don't like it the way it was the other night. And so he just like all the walls come down and he's like, he grabs her and he's like, okay, that's it. Like you just chose me. You told me that you want me and my touches and like this relationship and nothing else. It's bone down time. It is. It is bone down time. And it is finally. Hot. It's like trying to be all gentle. Does he know she's a virgin? Nope. Not yet. Nope. And so he's still trying to be gentle though, because he's like trying to make it you know, their first time and all the things. And so he's like, this time I'm going to go slow. And then the next time will be like for the rough lovemaking. And she's like, rough lovemaking now, <laughs> right now. She's so cute. And she's so, so dirty adorable. Too. It's really cute. It's adorable. And so they have sex. And then I don't know if he realizes like afterwards or what. No, he realizes in the moment. He's like, mm. oh, maidenhead, you're a virgin. Mine, mine, I was going to say, we don't get like a hymen piercing. We get a hymen moment is. and we get a mine. Oh, yeah. He's like, wait, yes. you haven't been with anyone else? And she's like, no, there's only been you. And he's like, mm. <laughs> only mine, best mine, best mine. Only me forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He says first, best, and last. <laughs> Oh, yes, Hawk. Well, I guess this means he knows she didn't fuck Adam. Exactly. And okay. It's all the things happening at once. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So listen, the end of this, I think we just have to blow through, right? Because it's so much. And and that's one thing about Karen Marie Moaning's books is like, once we get to about three quarters of the day, I think that we're at like the point where there would be a denouement and then she I know she just like takes it and she like spikes it over the net again like it's in, it's incredible yeah it's so it's so old school because it's like at that we're like they're both in love everything's good and she's like you know what fuck this let's burn let's burn this town down yeah let's do it we need a little more tension so he's like, all right, we're going home. We're going to celebrate Samhain and we're going to get married for real because I want to be married to you. And I don't want this proxy bullshit anymore. He's like, okay. And so they do this um, sex road trail 
And then when they get back, um, the feast ready and they're going to get married. And he um, tries to talk to the Romani patriarch to be like, is there anything else we can do? Like, is there a rune I can carve into my skin? Like what's now, what are we up against? And um, he's like, I can't talk about it. And like, I don't want to see you until after Samhain. I cannot closed. So, um, so, okay. She's getting ready for the wedding and she goes into the brock just because she feels like it and it's all dark. And then Adam comes in Oh, and he's like him, or I'm going to murder him. Like, I'm going to do a big massacre is what I'm going to do. That escalated quickly. I'll just kill yes. everyone unless you yes. leave him and tell him that you're choosing me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. So she comes out of the Brock and he's been looking for her for like two hours and he has no idea what's going on. And he's really worried because, you know, fairy demon is out there somewhere. And so she's like, I just want to be with you again, like before our wedding. And he's like, okay, let's go into the Brock. And she's like, no, no, no stable. It's stable times. And so they bone in the stable for like a few hours. And then she gets ready and um, he's like, it's, there's this really cute scene where he's up on a ridge and he's like looking at the castle, trying to find the right window so he can like see her getting ready. And then like, he's watching her with this adorable anticipation as she comes out of the castle and he's so ready to get married to her. And then she gets on a horse and everybody's real confused about that because the hill's not very long. And then the, the Romani patriarch comes over and he's like, Ooh, I think shit's about to go down. Like maybe don't turn around. And so he swivels very slowly. And not only is she on a horse, but Adam is riding Adam. his horse right next to her. And he's like, I won. We're together now. It's over. Goodbye. And tell tell him, baby, tell him how much you love me. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so she's like, I love you. Am love robot now. And she's trying so hard to like convince him. And she's like, what do you think I would like here? You know, I'm from the 20th century. We have limousines and shit. And he's like, what about the stable today? And Adam's like, it was a mistake. And it doesn't even matter because she's mine now. And then he says, do you love him? And she looks at him very carefully and she says, I love him as much as I loved Eberhard. And he's like, oh, knife to the chest. And then finally they, they like, you know, blink out of existence. Um, what is it? Uh, oh, you were right about your falcons, shock. <laughs> and so everybody's like, what the fuck did she just say? And he's like, I don't even care. I'm so heartbroken. I need to like kill myself in 18 bottles of whiskey. And Adam is like, what was that you said? And she's like, I just told him that like, he's right. All of his Falcons like run away from him and stuff. But what she was actually saying is when he was first talking to her about like being Falconed, he was like, none of my Falcons have ever flown away from me once I'm oh, so like, it was like a once I'm message. trained them. Yes. Exactly. She was trying to code in there that she wanted to come back to him. Yeah. So like Adam goes back to Town and he's telling his stories about how he like bested this dude. And the queen is very like not impressed and like kind of weird about it. And so he's a little bit worried about that. And then she's having a very hard time back in the modern times. She also finds out she's very pregnant and oh. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm carrying Hawk's child. Like she's, I don't know, 
trumpeting has, it through the towns and stuff. She has a Latin maid, not the best yeah. Latin representation Didn't love it. I've ever read. Didn't no. love it. Mm. Uh, no, especially since like she like sort of tries to write the accent out. And I was like, don't love it. Don't. Oh. But <laughs> Maria the maid may have some contest to the other side i don't know she was like intuitive so she very very she she had been somewhere that was not this plane here yes yeah 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 she had very like bruja vibes kind of yes 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 she would bring him like books about like falconers in the middle ages and she's like what the fuck is this maria yeah i just want this one i don't know i just felt like you needed it um And then, okay, so now Bimes, Hawk is ruining his life. He's getting hammered and like like tearing down his nursery. And then he does set it on fire inside his house. He does, he does. <laughs> he throws gas or lamp oil on it and burns the nursery. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. much of this is like Fever Series precursor and we can get there in a second. Ooh. But like, this is Jericho Barron's shredding Barron's books bobbles. Like, it's... <gasps> um so anyway so then he has this like he gets thrown out of his house it's like rock bottom for him his his mom's boyfriend throws him out of his house and then he has this talk with Grimm, and grim has been like living on the roof for a long time and nobody can figure out why <laughs> and he's like Grimm, what the fuck is up with this roof nonsense <laughs> like are you a house elf now and he's like, no, I'm waiting for another fucking falling star so I can wish her oh, back for no. you, you asshole. I, he really, because I hated him for a long time, but then he really got me with that. He's he a toning like, hard. <laughs> he was like, I realized I may have made a mistake. Yeah. And then oh. he's like, hey, I don't think she left on her own. Like, how did she love Eberhard? And he's like, I don't fucking know. She didn't really tell me about that. And then he's like, okay, well, she said some weird shit about falcons and stuff. So like maybe noodle on that for a little while. And so he figures it out and he goes back into the Brock and she has written on the wall, like you're, I'm another birdie who will never fly away from you and stuff. And like yours always love you. And so he's like, have to fix it. So he has this big meeting with all of his clans, people, and the Romani patriarch. And the Romani patriarch is like, we, the, here's what you have to do. You have to call him by his name and you have to command him real good. Like you can't fuck up the command. It has to be one sentence, the whole thing. And like, you can't leave anything out. Otherwise he will fuck you any way he can. So he's like, okay, I got to bring him back here. So he starts, he starts hiring bards to like, write songs about how he defeated Adam the foolish fairy and like how he really owned him good and like how Adam was also very ugly and stuff and so Adam is sitting over in Faytown being like how the fuck dare he this is not how it went down I need to correct the record so Adam shows back up and meanwhile he's prepared he's got like an eight foot scroll his command down on and so, but first he's like, I am Highlander. So before we're going to do anything else, let's like, fight, fight, let's me. throw hands, let's <laughs> oh. throw hands. It's fisticuffs time. Yeah. Fisticuffs, let's throw hands. And, and he's winning. Oh yeah. He went, he wins. Yeah. But then the moment Adam thinks he has the upper hand, he's like, 
here's your name. And also here I go. And he pulls out his scroll and he starts reading and it keeps on going for like 25 minutes. He's filibustering. Exactly. He literally filibusters. And every time Adam comes up with like a loophole, he's like, it's coming now. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> He has it all fucking on lock. Like, it's actually amazing. I really like that scene. It was it's really crazy. good. I mean, everything in this book is crazy, but it's it was so good. good. It's banana pants. It's so good. It's so I'm just crazy. thinking about plotting this where you're like, <sighs> oh my God. Like the fucking aphrodisiac. No, this is like an and... absence fever dream. Like she had on drugs. It's incredible. She has to be a pantser, right? Like oh, this has yes. to be just like, just like id coming out on the page because it is magic. Okay. So in the middle of it, Adam tries to throw him off by like bringing her and her pregnant belly and her cat there, like in the middle of his filibuster. And he's like, don't you even try it. And so he doesn't break stride and he's still going. And then out of the mist, he's like, he hears the fairy queen be like, mortal, you're so cute. And you've really thought this out. Like, I, <laughs> I believe in you. It's fine. I'll protect you. And like, he just keeps going and she's like, okay, fine. I give you my solemn vow as a queen of the fairies to like, never let anything bad happen to you or your spawn or like anything else. And then she's like, also, so Adam, you're getting big punished. And now you have to fuck this fairy you don't like for 500 years. 500 years. Really out of left field for me, but like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Your punishment is being a sex slave to this like really annoying fairy that you hate. Yeah, yeah. Weird punishment, but it's fine. And then she's like, also bonus points. I'm you as a fairy queen. Nobody can say that. The cat five months pregnant. Yeah. And so they have that baby and she's ready to have a dozen more. And he, he fixes the nursery. He does. That's yeah. Good. He's like, oh my God, I only have four months. And like, he immediately starts like whittling dolls and shit. <laughs> it's great stuff. <laughs> and yeah. happily ever after. Happily ever it's after. It's a fucking ride, man. That book that is, is a fucking ride. A journey. It is so good. It's a journey. But I do have to give a shout out to Kiss of the Highlander because- in that one, she is a virgin and she's in Scotland and ends up in a tour with some elderly people. She ends up in like a senior citizen tour. Ooh. And she is looking for her cherry picker because she's a virgin. Yes, she calls him <laughs> her cherry picker. And the the hero is like some kind of dude in the 1500s. And like the pre the priest's mom curses him. And like puts him to sleep. Like he's like asleep on a slab for 500 years. And <gasps> the only thing that can revive him is a kiss with blood. Of course, she bumps her lip. She's in the tour. Boom, she kisses him. She's got a Highlander from the 1500s all up what in the her. No fucking way. In the present times? He comes to the present times. No. I have to give a shout out to Kiss of the Highlander because that was the first one I read from that series and it is fucking crazy. I love it. The one that I read was, it was beautifully insane too. I, I the love whole series this. Is crazy. I love the Highlander is the one where I think he's like trapped in a mirror. Yeah, oh that's the last, that's I think the second to last one. Yeah, and then there's the mirror. Dark Highlander where he's got like, 13 evil beings in his yes. head or some shit. She has to defeat the 13 evil spirits to finally have him. Yes, yes. And he yes. he like smashes his head on a column at the end and then like, 
it's yes yes bananas yes. i think i'm currently erecting a shrine to karen marie moaning i have them all on my kindle from from when they came out <laughs> yeah same yeah i was like reading Holy these shit. as they were released me too i mean i have to say like in terms of like i i mean i i i live for the day where like paranormal comes back like it was mm. back then because I mean it was a really the women were amazing and and the men were just fucking crazy yeah it's like about a really pure 11. way in like they're a really like pure at a 42 way. yeah and it was so wholesome though like I feel yeah. like like I I do have to say like reading some of like the really alpha kind of like darker books like I feel like there was a wholesomeness to this like it was like the scooby-doo dark romance were like totally totally were like these guys were so gone for these women and they were really different there was a, there's a difference in terms of tone but in any case if you want to read crazy as fuck highlander series well, definitely for you. and and jenny when i was reading this all i could think about was that tightrope you described because so many times, like, for example, the, the falconer scene and ties her up and he's like, I'm like you, it could read as like controlling and abusive and, and whatever, but she's, she is so smart and she pulls it off. And I think one of the reasons is because of that scene right before where you watch the heroine have an entire internal, like I don't know, revolution. Like she just, she just comes to her own decision that yes, she is into him. She wants him. She walks the soldiers across her mm. brain. And so when he is taking these things that look like really weird liberties, it's, it's, to it's completely fine because you know that, that the heroine is comfortable with it. Like, it's just, I don't know. There's something about it. That's I mean, really, I think, oh, I and I, I've been really struggling with this one with single POV, just in the POV of the woman when the man mm. is really terrible, it's really mm. hard for me mm -hmm. because I like, I like, there's nothing you can do to redeem him. Right. No, if I can't ever be in his head. Yeah. And so with this book, I think, or like this series, what works is that you can see how, what a hot mess he is. And so, and how like undone he is by her. And that really like the resonance of of his like his life being like literally like torn to smithereens by this mm -hmm. woman and her like being really in control of the situation most of the time I mean works for me in terms of power and control because I always think about that in terms of like and of course we're like in it's like time travel and shit so like yeah. you have to suspend reality a little bit but I think that piece of the dual POV also I think helps a lot because you can tell that he's like fucking like out of his mind for her no you're so right because it's she actually turns the sort of fish out of water trope on its head because even though she's the one who time traveled he is the fish out of water yes. once she arrives mm. like it's it ah it's it's so good oh my god it's, it's really so good. good and it, and the thing about like and and i have to say though like thinking about because the fever series by karen marie moaning is like one of my all-time favorites mm. is that your aftercare we should Oh, oh yeah, we should. We're gonna talk about it. Sorry. We should say. Should we say yeah. Okay, after sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, Fever series. Go on. I was gonna say that the parallel. I mean, because to me, Fever series is very much like in the vein of Buffy the Vampire. 
Vampire Slayer, which is like a seminal like DNA mutation, like yeah, yeah, yeah. piece of work for me. And so the tone, and, and it is dark because of like Mackenzie is the heroine of the Fever series and or Mac right? It's Mackenzie, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and Jericho Barron's is like this mysterious guy that she like has to like fight demons with and all other kinds of things. And there, it's an arc that's like many books, but the, the tone, like we never get his POV. Not really. For, not for a while. Do we get his POV? No. <sighs> we get it randomly in the much later books yes yes and and I think the difference with that book is that and what the reason why those books work even though we don't get his POV and he's really stoic is because he always shows up for her like Mm -hmm. he always comes to the rescue and even when he went like every time he's there for her and he's so reliable in that way Mm. and I think that's why it can be as dark as it is because that Mm. man will go through the ends of hell for her and we see it happen as opposed to these books which are really rompy and you get like the dual pov and and you get these like ant men with antiquated ways of thinking and like really like anachronistic ways of of viewing women but all that gets undone as soon as it's like modern day women come into their lives so i think I don't know. The parallels of the tone and everything are so different, but she is such a fucking master of writing. Mm. Right? She when really hearing can... you break all of those down. It's interesting, just like how many parallels there were, like her core story or those archetypes yes. that she likes to use. Like so many of like that moment where she's between Adam and Hawk, and it's like <sighs> the two beautiful big bad men and we get like almost that identical scene play out in the fever series with Jericho Barons and I can't think of the fairy guy's name I can't either we forget him because it doesn't matter yeah but like one that matters when Mac kind of uses the fairy to make Jericho Jericho who calls him Jericho to make Barons mad and like to try and get information out of like she sort of levels that up from just being one scene to like a whole thing that plays out across multiple books. And Mm. like, it's cool to see where the idea obviously entered her head. And she was like, I liked that, but I think I could have gone harder. And like, now I'm going to do it again. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's like, you can see the, the seeds of it in the Highlander series, but in, by the time she executed, executed in the fever series, she's like, when Mel the Highlanders come back in the Fever series, she like uses them in the Fever series for like, for some reason, Hawk isn't in it, I don't think, but the other brothers are. Or yes. Wow. Wow. There's a, are. There's, yes. Yeah. No. yeah. I mean, it's, wow. it's interesting because like, I, I really, I, I don't know why I always have her and Crystal the mm-hmm. same place in my head um, for their, in their writing even though they do write very different things and like Cressley never did something like the Fever series, but like, have you read Cressley Cole's historical series, the McKenzie yeah, brothers? Yeah. Like, I, I think like when you think of Immortals After Dark and mm. the Cressley, the McKenzie brother, I think it's McAllister brothers, McKenzie brothers. I can't remember, but like those two series, even though they're completely different, like the themes of them 
and the type of heroes, the archetypes with are always very similar. Mm. So anyway, this was super fun. Thank you for like having me read this again because I think I'm going to read the whole series again. Voicing oh beyond the Highland so Mist. Jenny. Jenny, what's your aftercare? Um, I really love a book called Satisfied by Carillus Death Waters. Um, so good. It's, it's a lesbian romance between like a woman who works in a sex shop and a kind of art gallery owner, but she's like the accountant art gallery owner. And the woman who owns the sex shop, I think was the gallery owner's aunt or something. And she mm. like leaves it to both of them to fix this not profitable in debt fucked up sex shop and one character really loves it and the other is like this is not a thing like this is completely illogical but it's just like it is so good it's so stupidly good that I have been yelling at people since I read it and I will continue yelling until everybody reads it because it's magic like it's oh it's so good like the gallery owner accountant kind of character has never had an orgasm and the other one is like a sexual educator so just like the way that they interact and the way that they talk about sex and sexuality and that comfort level and I keep pointing out just little stuff like she uses labia in the sex scene in a way that is sexy and we never do that like we we usually talk about like her folds or what like we we center it differently. And I don't know, just everything about this book worked for me. It was perfection. That's yeah. Awesome. It's a really good one. Oh, and, so, yeah. and, and, and I, and I find some, it's very hard for me to get into some like lesbian romance, like, because I think like, like we could do better with the hotness and lesbian mm. romance. But oh, this yeah. one I think Agreed. was, I mean, that's like the lesbian romance I read, I try to write super high heat and very like intense in the sex parts, but like this one, I think is one of the ones that has really worked for me because it the banter is fabulous and mm-hmm. the chemistry is amazing. And I just love smart sex scenes. Mm. Yeah. Like sex I laughed aloud work. multiple times and I actually like cry, like tears formed in my eyes when she finally had an orgasm because it, you just wanted oh. that for this character so badly by the time she got there. Like she deserved that. Yeah, it's a really good oh, book. I love it. Oh my it's gosh. really it's really wholesome and hot. Yeah, nice. and sexy as fuck. Yeah. Nice. What do you have, Mel? Okay, so totally totally different um like vein, but uh this book in some ways remind Queen by Alyssa Cole. Um, and I read it a while ago and I just, I loved it so much. One of the ways is like the very casual polyamory in like the fae land. Um, she does, she does polyamory in a way in this book. And then, um, the heroine, like, I don't know, the, the competence of the heroine is like very similar. They handle it in different ways, but the competence of the heroine and how to catch a queen is just the same chord with me as um Adrienne here even though she's like very behind the scenes and she's very buttoned up and you know she just she knows exactly what she wants and she'll sort of stop at nothing to get it or stop it if it's something she doesn't want um I loved the book I loved seeing the um the journey of the the hero because he he 
he becomes like obviously right after his dad dies. And so um, he's like simultaneously going through grief and mourning while also trying to like be the king. And he's got this very overbearing patriarchal um, figure that's like trying to control him and like seeing his growth through the whole thing was really cool. It's just, it's so good. So yeah. Yeah. That's my aftercare. And are we, are we calling yours the fever series? Like, is that the direction people should go after this banana balls? Yeah. I mean, if you, they should just read the whole series, but I think the fever series, honestly, I think for anyone that loves paranormal and just likes like deep, deep, like character development and just massive writing. Like- I don't know how many books to get a romantic HEA, like go in not expecting like that Barons and Mac thing is not getting resolved in book one or book four. Like it's it's worth it. Yeah. It's a long game. I want it to go that long. And when you get to a really brutal cliffhanger and you want to bitch about it, remember that we had to wait like a year for the next book after that cliffhanger. We're very lucky living in the future. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I, of course, like it was written a while ago, so some things won't age as well, but in terms of those two, like OTP territory, truly. Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Nice. Yeah. I will be ride or die for Jericho Barons. Riding always for Jericho Barons. Like, yeah, I don't, nobody's going to supplant him. No, no, no. Rider for Jericho Bears. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for coming oh, and doing you. this with us. Oh, it was so much fun. It was bonkers. Yeah. It was bonkers. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week because Alexis Daria is joining us to recap Alien Quarantine Rescue by Robin Levitt. It was my very first Robin Levitt book and I now fully understand Mel's obsession. It brought me untold delight and I cannot wait to share it with everybody. That's right. (laughs) I'm excited. If you like what you just heard, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser and tell two friends about us. You can support us by heading over to the Temple of Defiant Joy on our website at bonkersromance.com forward slash temple. By joining, you support us. You get a ton of benefits like the final episode of each month. The Bonkers Book Club, bonus content, videos of regular episodes, it's a lot. And if you want to use us to tell a bunch of joy lovers about whatever you need to get out into the world, whether it's your book, your Etsy store, your new zine, listen, if it's cool, I'll tell people about it. So you can use the website to inquire about our advertising rates. And we really love connecting with you. So come find us on Instagram, Twitter. We have been getting into TikTok shenanigans. Ah. We're <laughs> at Bonkers Romance on all of those. 
or our Facebook group is getting super awesome. It's the Altar of Defiant Joy. You can also email us, me, specifically your cock pocket stories, <laughs> books that you have found, flag it so that I can hide it from Melody, which may or may not have already happened. I saw that tweet. It's a dirty secret. <laughs> that is bonkersromance at gmail.com. Go enjoy your next bonkers read. And remember, if you can't pick a trope, why not do them all? 